I'm excited for this morning. Um, we, we are a part of a missional church, so if you're just showing up this morning, we love the nations, and we want to see them reach uh, with the glory of God, and we want to see his kingdom come all over the earth, and we want to see the Great Commission fulfilled in our lifetime, and, and we want to help hasten the day of his return by partnering with him in what he's doing. And so, welcome. You came on a good morning. It's going to be fun. Um, not hard to get four people up here because we have a lot of people who've been overseas and who love the nations. And so we're excited for this morning. Um, but I've given them some questions, so they're, they're somewhat prepared for what I'm going to say this morning. Um, so we're just going to jump in. Let's go ahead and start. Go ahead and say your name and tell them what you do for a living just uh, to help them out uh, to know you a little bit as we jump in. For sure. Uh, my name is Stephen Paul. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Jeremy. Always count on Jeremy to pump you up a little bit. Appreciate that. Um, I'm a teacher by trade, um, just a son of one, my most high God, um, and I am a father of three children and a husband to the beautiful lady in red right over there, Sarah Paul. Um, my name is Arden, and <laughs> um, I'm currently a grad student studying accounting at the U of A this year. My name is Emma, and I'm a... <laughs> I'm a social worker. Howdy, my name is Emmanuel Velastegui. I work in a warehouse, and I also do mobile oil changes on the side. Yes, awesome. So we're going to jump straight in. Uh, we're going to be talking about missions this morning. Hopefully that's been clear already, but um, why did you go on a mission trip? And I've asked them some sub-questions as well just to help them uh, answer these things, but what made you decide to go on a mission trip? All right, so there's lots of things um, I could say here. Um, my journey for this started a long time ago, right about the time, um, well, I did some mission trips when I was younger, but um, when I got married, um, my wife and I both had kind of a passion for this. Um, but to simplify it all, um, it's really just to, I mean, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, um, I mean, it is a call and a commission with the most highest of authority to go to the nations um, and to be a part of that. So. Um, if, if that's God's heart, if that's Jesus' purpose, like, why not be a part of it? Why not want that? So that's my short answer. Um, well, just jumping off of the Great Commission, um, I grew up in a family that um, just lived that out in the day-to-day. -day. And so it was just a part of what we did. So from the early age of five, like, I went and I went to another nation with my parents and um, have just seen them modeled out the going. And so the Great Commission has just been a part of my life. But as I've come to college, I've had to choose it for myself now. And so um, I just like feel like in college, the Lord has showed me what it looks like to live a life of surrender and live a life of like, okay, I'm going to be surrendered and like follow you where you're leading me, not where I think you're leading me. And so through that, like I've really seen the Lord like just be like, hey, like I've asked you to go. And so like I'm going to like lead you to different nations and over the years, like take you to different places. And so first it was like instilled in me and my parents at a young age um, by them just like modeling the Great Commission for me. And then just in college, the Lord just teaching me like surrender and teaching me like how to live that out. Um, by going to the nations, but also like by going um, in Northwest Arkansas. Um, and then also just when I was asking the Lord about this question, um, 
just felt like he was like reminding me of like Arden like I came to the earth and like I came and left heaven and came to the earth and like came so I could be in relationship with you and I like ask y'all to go and like just like we get to model Christ and like obviously it looks a lot different like he gave up so much more than we have to give up but he like came to the earth for us and so like we get to go to the nations in response of him like coming um, so that others know that he like came and so that's just a little bit of why I go. So good. So for me, I think my journey with the nations began when I was a freshman in college. Um, my first semester, I decided to read through the New Testament all the way through for the first time. And when I got to Romans 10, it was just game over at that point. <laughs> and so I'm just going to read this one passage really quick. Um, I just was sitting in my dorm room and I read this and I just encountered God. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So, man, that's scripture. And so I read that, and I was like, man, I, like, how will they hear unless there is someone that actually physically says the words? Um, and so I just want to be one that has beautiful feet to go and share the good news. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, for me, it was, um, it was growth. <coughs> it was first understanding the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where he says, Go therefore to all the nations, baptize in the name and the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and I'll be with you to the end of the age. And as well in Mark chapter 16, where he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And that's a lot. <laughs> and so it, it started out very, very slowly, like, where is my Judah? Where's my Samaria? Then where's the ends of the earth? It was like, where are the aspects? Am I discipling men that are close around me? Are we meeting up? Are we reading the word? Uh, okay, then am I going out into the greater community? And then to the nations. That's awesome. Why don't you pass the mic back to Stephen? I'm going to ask him a more pointed question about this. But tell us what made it worth it to you to to live on mission and go to other nations, Stephen, as, as a man who has a family, who has taken his family now, who's also left the family in America to go, what, what drew you, like, what was the worth for you? So, um, as a person who wants to um, lead my family well, lead my kids well, um, live in that family discipleship with my kids, like, there's no greater calling that God puts on our lives. And so other than to follow him and then to go and share that good news with others. And so with that, like, if, if it's good enough calling for me, if it's good enough calling for my wife, then, then it's a calling for my kids, too. And so I didn't want to leave them out of that. Uh, even my three-year-old, who is, he, he's, he's three. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. Um, like, there's testimonies I'll share in a minute about him, but it's just like um, he has so much to bring for God's kingdom. So, like, it would be a disservice for me to leave him at home 
than to take him with me. So, so yeah, that would be why I take them. Uh, why did I go without them in another circumstance? Well, <laughs> this one was a little more unknown of a circumstance. Um, so I also, as a spiritual leader in my family, wanted to have a lot of discernment. Um, I brought other people into the fold to pray through that with me as well. Um, and so with that one, it was more of a, hey, there might be time for this in the future. Um, but God's calling you to show your kids going to a very hard place this time, not to bring them with you, but to show them that it's okay and that you're going to come home. Um, so. so good. I'm so encouraged by that. It holds a lot of people back, but it doesn't hold you back uh, to going, just living on mission, going with your family. And so thanks for being obedient to the Lord and what he's speaking. But we'd love to hear um, some experiences that you guys had on mission trips um, just to kind of let us know, anyone in, in the room who hasn't been on trips, so would love to hear experiences um, from your trip. Sure. I'm going to keep trying to keep things brief because i got some good testimonies for in a minute. Um, but so these trips, uh, I mean, they've had a huge lasting impact on my life. Um, and really what it is um, to be a part of the kingdom, the kingdom of God um, and the kingdom coming. Um, so I've been very, I've been stretched very much outside my comfort zone. <laughs> Um, I've been in situations where fear could have really taken over. Uh, God continually placed himself right at the center um, of that. Um, I always thought of myself as a person, I'll go, but it might have to be the right circumstance, you know? Um, and last year, or I guess this year, I went to the most dangerous city in the world and to a country that's at war. And so, like, it really just stretched me a lot as to who I am yeah. as well as how much faith I'm putting on God in those situations. Um, I've also had a huge heart for kids um, and, and others as well. I, I like adults too. <laughs> <laughs> I am the family life group leader, but I do. I like kids. Uh, I've always had a huge calling to kids. Um, but, and, and I've, I've positioned myself with a lot of skills and abilities to work with kids. Um, but going on these trips, like, a lot of that just gets washed out the window, and you're really reliant on God working through you versus what you can do. Um, so that, that's been a huge experience for me uh, internally uh, by going on these trips, and also that God's going to use you no matter what the circumstance is. So. Um, my experience on mission trips has just been seeing the Lord be so faithful and just show up in ways that I, like, am not expecting. And so whether that be, like, imparting giftings um, to me or, like, speaking calling um, on my life through a trip or whether that be, like, giving me his eyes to see, like, his people and, like, eyes of compassion um, and just, like, eyes to see, like, his children for how he sees them, just, like, seeing him, like, show up, like, so faithfully. Um, and I've also just seen the power of prayer, like, just, I've seen it here in America, but have just seen, like, the power of prayer, like, um, over and over and over again when I've, like, gone to another nation and been outside of my comfort zone, like, stripped of things that I, like, depend on and seeing the Lord, like, show up through prayer um, and just, like, seeing him show up um, through, like, answering, like, very, very tangibly, like, what we're praying for. Um, and then just going back to just, like, eyes to see, like, his, like, his children. Um, I've been to um, the Middle East in 
just like seeing like people from every nation represented in the place that I was and um, just like saw the Lord one day walking around being like, Arden, like I created this person. And then I would walk by someone else. He's like, I created this person. Like I love them. They're my child too. Um, and just like here in America, like we sometimes are just in a bubble. And so like when we go and just like go and like get outside of that bubble like we just see God's heart for his people in a new way and then we get to bring that back like here and so I've just like found like a deeper love for people from going um but like that love coming from the father and seeing it like from his perspective I think just mine is super similar to Arden I think the biggest way that the Lord has marked my heart is just with a deep love for his people um the places that I've been I've been to a couple different countries around the Middle East and before I had ever gone the Middle East felt unknown it felt kind of scary but just kind of like I don't really know what's going on over there um but when I went for the first time I just went for two weeks and I just knew that God loved them like more than anything I just like saw their faces and I was like this is God's people in the same way that like America and like this church like we are God's children like so are they um and just was so in love with them and loved their culture and um, fell in love with language. I actually, after that two-week trip, <laughs> decided to change my major so I could learn Arabic because <laughs> I just wanted to be able to talk to them. And I had never really encountered language barrier before. And the idea that, man, there's a person in front of me that needs to know the gospel, and the only reason that I can't share with them is because we don't understand each other. Um, and so, yeah, the Lord just changed my heart and grew my love for them and asked me to learn a language and asked me to go back again and again and yeah I just more than anything I just loved them yeah. <coughs> I think for me it did two things the first being that it grew my awareness of the kingdom of God it grew my awareness that all the earth and everything that is in it is his that Wherever I am, whether it be in the Middle East or Eastern Europe, here in America, wherever, it's all the Lord's. There's so much. There's so much more than we know. There's so much more. And then that the church, it grew my awareness for his bride, for what he's returning for, the church. It grew my awareness with seeing other believers that we didn't speak the same language or that didn't even speak English or that were from Costa Rica and getting to see them overseas and getting to interact with them. And it, it was just, I think that, that it grew my awareness that it's not just us, yeah. that it is God moving in the world and moving in people in different nations, even that there's not like financial barriers. It's not like political barriers. It's the Lord moving. That's so good. And it's, it's so funny how the Lord works. I mean, we, we sign up, feel like we're making this big step to go overseas to share the gospel with people, and we get over there, and the Lord just works on us the whole time. <laughs> and so we come back changed, and it's like, man, I was planning on sharing the gospel and seeing people saved, which you do, but I'm like, I feel like I got changed more than anybody I ever talked to. And so it's kind of funny how that works, because at least three of the four of you said something about that. And so, um, but would love 
uh, going off of your experiences in other countries, would love to hear some testimonies, what the Lord did in you, what you saw him do externally, um, wherever you were at. Great. Okay. So uh, I'm going to share a couple here because one, it's about my kids, really. Uh, so in Tijuana, um, like, it, it was a decision for us to like, okay, we're taking our kids with us. We're going to the most dangerous city in the world, and we're going to bring a three-year-old. We're going to bring a six-year-old. Um, so it, it, it took some time to, to process that. But just a couple things. One, um, as, <laughs> as we're walking across the border, um, just this opens up so many doors uh, for parents. Uh, if you want to get into a country very easily, walk up with a stroller and five passport stack and hand it to the guy. Because uh, as each one of our college kids are getting pulled outside for additional questioning, uh, I walk up with a stroller, five passports, and my kids are like trying to go in all different directions at the moment. <laughs> and literally the guy looked at me and he's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just keep going, you know? <laughs> Good luck, you know, as you get across. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you back in a few days, you know. Uh, so uh, that, that just opened up a door and immediately made me feel a little bit like, okay, there's already a purpose that I am showing up with all these people um, and carrying additional bags that we con some college kids into carrying for us. Um, <laughs> but another thing is, like, we got to see our kids just, like, the gifts that God has given them in work. Um, so, for instance, like, like Theo... Theo, first off, is, is just a bundle of joy with so much zeal. Like, he, you, you might see him later running. Like, you, if there's a small child just running, that might be my kid. Um, anyway, he, um, he, he just made things so much easier, conversations. We were so much more approachable because Theo was with us. And he, he didn't care where we were, what was going on. He was willing <laughs> to say hi to anybody or just give somebody a look and walk away. We didn't really know what he was going to do, but he, he just opened up doors. It was amazing. And we, that's something we pray for his life over and over again, that he goes and he just, he, he's able to just go through any door. Um, and so uh, with him, that was great to see uh, Micah, my six-year-old son. He has so much discernment. It's kind of strange how much discernment he has. Um, but we're like out praying for people and he sees a lady with flowers and he's like, hey, I think we need to buy some flowers. What for, buddy? Mm, I think somebody needs some flowers. Oh, okay. Got anybody in mind? Nope. <laughs> nope. Right. So <laughs> we get Bede, who's our translator. She takes us to her favorite flower shop, which stretched outside of the zone we were supposed to be in. A little nerve wracking, but we walk into a garage, go to the back and Micah picks out some flowers, and, and, and we leave, and he still has no idea who these flowers are going for. As a true six-year-old boy, he he's seems like he's it's, it's escaped his mind now. And then finally, he looks at us, and he's like, I think it needs to go to our, our host family, the people who have been hosting us this whole time. He says, I, I think they need those flowers. And so my wife and, and him and Emerson, they go and give him um, the flowers, and, and like they started crying. Like They needed that encouragement at that moment. And Micah had no idea we were doing something completely different, praying for people in the street. And Micah was like, I think they need some flowers. Yeah. And they did. It was awesome. Um, and then Emerson, um, just another example of, of just her using her gifts of, of less fear, for sure. Um, <laughs> we, um, we're, we, we go out, we're praying for people, and, you know, we stop. We say, all right, God, who, who, do, who are you pointing us towards? Who are you sending us to? Um, you know, we all kind of feel, okay, so people in white. We're going we're gonna to pray for people in white. Well, we pray for four or five people, and Emerson realizes all the, all the people we prayed for are men. There are no women wearing white. So she stops and kind of looks around. She's like, I think we should pray for people in brown and blue and green. Like, she's like, I let's pray for all these people. So it was just like that push of like, hey, hey, that, 
that is true. We're going to pray for people in white, but we should be praying for these other people too, you know? And so just, just her willingness just to even, even push us and, and the college kids that were with us into, and, and young adults to, hey, hey, step outside of your comfort zone. Go, let's pray, you know? Um, and there are so many other stories from that. Um, but then I also wanted to share one quick um, kind of funny one from Ukraine. Um, so I get there, and we're, I'm helping with camps um, for kids. Um, most of these kids... Families probably don't look the same. Maybe maybe men have been sent places. Um, they're very stoic, very hard. Everybody was very hard and stoic for the most part, uh, but especially the kids, and it was kind of weird. It was different for me. Um, so we get there, and we're doing the camps, and they do some things that are light and fun, and you get to see the kids I- enjoy that a little bit. Um, but they pull me aside, knowing my background a little bit. I've shared that with them a little bit, and they're like, hey, we need – we don't know any games to play with little kids. Like, we can play soccer with the older kids all day long, but we don't know any games to play with the little kids. And so, like, I'm using all my resources in my brain. Like, I'm, like, going back to my camp days, going back to my, my degree, which was in recreation, doing all this stuff. And I'm, like, all these would require a lot of explanation, and I don't speak Ukrainian. And the translator is okay. Um, <laughs> and so, finally, like, I think back, Jimmy Siebert, I just went to a conference, Jimmy Siebert says, Duck, Duck, Goose translates everywhere. So I'm like, all right, let's do some duck, duck, goose. So we do that. Uh, We start playing. And these kids, like, all of a sudden are just grinning ear to ear. They've never played duck, duck, goose before. They're five, six years old. They've never played the game. Grinning from ear to ear. They have these adults that don't speak their language that seem really strange. And they're playing with them. And they're just, just the joy just overfilled them and then us and then everybody so much so that these 12 and 13 year olds who've never played duck duck goose either they run over and they're like can we play we want to play I'm like yeah maybe we'll start a new game over here um so so we did that kachka kachka gooska is what it was duck duck goose but uh it's something i'll always remember kachka kachka gooska um but it was just so fun just to see the joy of the lord surround this group of people that we didn't get to see a lot of just because of what they're experiencing, what they're going through. Um, so anyway, that th- those are my two testimonies. Um, first, I'm just going to share a quick testimony just about like the Lord providing for me to be able to go. Um, and so I just financial provision to go is a part of going overseas and going on a mission trip. And so I've just seen the Lord be super faithful and show up. Um, Specifically, two summers ago, I was going to the Middle East and um, felt like the Lord invited me on that trip, but also felt like the Lord invited me to go work at a summer camp. Um, And so I was returning from my third summer in the summer camp. You don't have your phone throughout the whole week. And I still had like $1,000 left to be raised. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, I'm, I feel like you've asked me to do both of these things with my summer, so I'm just asking you to provide and show up. Um, and so I, like, week one comes, I turn my phone in, just like, okay, I'll, like, do some support raising stuff on the weekends when I have my phone for, like, 24 hours. I was like, okay, I'll make it work, Lord. Um, so I get my phone back, end of week one, um, log in, or, like, get, like, my messages start rolling in and, like, get an update, and I have, like, $45 left of being, um, like, su- like, being fully funded, and I was, like, I did nothing. <laughs> I was, like, I didn't have my phone. I wasn't texting anyone. I wasn't reaching out. It was, like, only the Lord, and, like, I, like, hadn't even, like, sent follow-ups before I turned my phone in, and so, like, the Lord, like, put on the people's hearts 
gifts to give to like give during that week and I was just like wow Lord like thank you for showing up like when I like couldn't even do anything like thank you for showing up for like um providing a way and then some of my friends from camp gave like that last like 45 dollars for me to go and so it was just like really sweet of the Lord to be like I did say for you to be here and to go and so just like the Lord like will provide a way um, and then just wanted to share a testimony again, just speaking to like the power of prayer and what the Lord can do with our yes when we go. Um, this summer was in the Middle East again and um, was just, we were having, it was halfway through the trip and so we were exhausted and tired and our team was just like pretty weary. Um, and so we were like, okay, we're going to go and half of us, we're going to stay and we're going to pray and half of us, we're going to go and we're going to fish. And so fishing is outreaching, um, how we say it when we're over there. Um, and so they were going. And so we, I was in the group that stayed back and prayed. And so we were praying and just like asking for the Lord to fill us afresh again. And, um, just like asking for him to show up because we were feeling pretty discouraged. Um, anyways, um, so my group, we go, um, and meet, we're about to go meet them halfway through the day, um, and the group before us, little did we know, had, like, spent an hour with God praying, and felt like they were supposed to go to this one bookstore, and so they go to this one bookstore, um, and they just feel like they're just supposed to pray over this bookstore, and they have a few conversations with people, but they really feel like the Lord was inviting them just to pray, um, that seeds would be planted in this bookstore, that people would come to, like, know the Lord in this bookstore, and, like, that he would show up and meet them, so anyways, they pray in the bookstore, then they go um, to somewhere else in the mall, and we come, and we walk into this bookstore, and we weren't going to walk in this bookstore, but one of us just was like, no, we're going in here, and so we walk into this bookstore, not knowing that our team has been praying over this bookstore, like, hours before, um, and we have, like, out, we spend, like, maybe 30 minutes in there, and we have, like, probably, like, six to seven conversations with people, and if you've ever been outreaching or fishing, like, sometimes it's, like, yay, like, one conversation today, like, that's a win, like, <laughs> we shared the gospel, but it was, like, we left feeling so encouraged and just got to have a conversation with the lady who was already a believer and actually, like, there at the mall to meet friends from um, a life group that she was a part of with another church in um, that city, and she was uh, just telling me that she was, like, in the city to, um, like, work and live on a mission through, like, being in the business world, and I was, like, so encouraged because I just feel like that's something that the Lord has, like, invited me into, and I was, like, wow, like, you're doing it, and, like, just got to encourage her and pray over her, and then she, like, prayed over me as I, like, entered into the season of, like, finishing that up, um, and then I then met um, a couple from Ukraine, and um, which was just, like, really near to my heart because the first mission trip that I went on was to Ukraine when I was five. And so I just got to be like, hey, like, I've, I've been to your country and, like, literally pulled up pictures from when I was there when I was five and was, like, they were asking us what we were doing there and they were believers and just got to share, like, hey, like, we're, like, here to share the love of God with people um, and just, like, to, like, share the gospel. And so it was, like, she had not met someone, um, the wife had not met someone that had been to Ukraine before. And so just me being able to say, like, oh, I've been there. Like, I know, like, I've been praying, like, for your nation, like, just brought like the relief in her eyes and like the joy that came of like oh you understand like you see me um was just like just the lord to make that so intentional in this middle eastern country like meeting someone from the ukraine and getting to be like oh like i've like been there and i like love your nation and have been praying for your nation and so the lord there's just even more and so we got to meet up with our team later and like we were like so excited to share about this like these like conversations that we had and they're like 
well, y'all won't believe it, like, we spent, like, and like time in there praying, and so it was just, like, the unity that the Lord brought within our team, and just also, like, the power of prayer um, that we saw um, him show up in there. So cool. So good. Um, so, not this past summer, but the summer before, I spent some time in Turkey, and there was a partnership between the Antioch base that was there and some Australian missionaries that were there. And the Australians were running these English classes. And so they invited us to come and be English discussion leaders for these Turks that were wanting to improve in their English. And so it was just super random. Just one night, a couple of us on our team went to this coffee shop and got paired up with a small group of Turks and just talked with them. And uh, it was just a fun night and just got to share with them my testimony and things that God has done in my life. And I just talked about things I was passionate about, which is the Lord and other things. And um, it was just kind of a random night. It happened, and then we went home, and that was it. Um, fast forward a whole year, this like past summer, I was in New York City for a family reunion. It was just totally random, just going about my day. I get on a bus to go back to our Airbnb, and this man who's sitting on the first row of the bus like stops me. And I'm in New York City, so I'm like, oh, he's asking me for money. Oh, my gosh. So I, like, just was like, no, 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 no. And I walked right past him. (laughs) (laughs) And I, like, went and found my seat in the very back of the bus. And then I get a text on my phone, and it is one of the men that was in my discussion group in Turkey a whole year ago um, in New York City. And he says, no, it's me. Like, I'm on the bus with you. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> so I like text him back, I'm like, come to the back of the bus, like come, like sit with us. And so he comes to the back of the bus, sits with us, we're like, this is the craziest thing ever. But just immediately, we didn't even ask, just immediately this man starts sharing his story about how he had just moved to your New York like two or three weeks ago. And he somehow got a Bible and started reading it. And he said that he was looking for a job. So he said he started the book of Job. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so (laughs) he was reading Job. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, it's so funny. (laughs) And uh, but I mean, just like the Lord was after this man, just it was crazy. He said that every single night, that he read the book of Job, he would have a dream of Jesus. That like, he would have a dream every single night that he read the Bible, he would have a dream that Jesus would come into his room and like sit with him. But then he said every single night that he didn't read the Bible, he would have a dream that a demon would come into his room. And it was like evil and dark. Um, And he just knew that there was some power in the Bible, that the Bible held the key to some peacefulness, to some safety in his room. Um, And so we just got to pray for him. Um, We got to connect him to a local church that he started going to in New York City. Um, And and I think from that, my mind was just blown as to how big God is. He's so big. I mean, he ordained that meeting in Turkey and then, like, put me on the exact bus that we needed to be on just to, yeah, the last bus that ran for the whole night um, just so that the Spirit of God could reveal himself to this man. So, yeah.
Yeah. So for me, it was uh, one. The, there's so many testimonies, so many, but one that just stands out was when we were in Eastern Europe. Um, before we were married, we were dating, and it was a Sabbath day that we had chosen for our team to say, "All right, guys, we're going to rest today. We're going to take a break from from all the going and going, and we're just going to take a, take some time rest and recuperate." So we went on a little little breakfast date, um, and we were in this little restaurant that had indoor and outdoor seating, but it was all one, so there was no transition, no door. And um, we're sitting there, we strike up a few conversations we with, with some Russian people and, and start sharing with them our testimony and whatnot. And, and, and then um, in the front of the restaurant outside, there's a older woman and her daughter. And the older woman becomes unresponsive uh, right there, she she like stops breathing. Her her body goes limp. Her eyes close. The blood like the the color is just gone. And the daughter becomes frantic, and starts like shaking the woman and, and slapping her and pouring water on her and and there's nothing happening. And so I, I go up, I show the waiter. I'm like waiter waiter, is she choking? Like choking. And and the waiter said no 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 choking different. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'm out of ideas. The only thing that I know to do is to pray. And so I walk up to the woman, and I just lay my hand on her. And there's, there's just no words that you can say except for the name of Jesus. There's just no nothing. There's no power that you have there. There's nothing that you can do. And so I just start saying the name of Jesus because he is the only one with the power. He's the only one that knows how to solve, to fix, to help. And so I just started saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And a couple seconds go by, and then the woman, like, grips the table. She's like, <gasps> and she grips the table, and then she comes back. The blood comes back. Her eyes open. She, she becomes alive again. Wh where she was once dead, she becomes alive. And it was just, it was just a test. It's a testimony to the power of Jesus and to the simple obedience to just going, uh, even when it's scary, when you don't know what to do, you just say the name of Jesus in the situation that you're in. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Those are so encouraging, and I know y'all all have a wealth more of them. So find them after church and get all of the testimonies out of them. There's a bunch of them. Um, but moving forward, would love to hear how God has marked you as you've gone to the nations. What has he done in you to mark you? Um, how does that change maybe how you live your summers from here out or, or your, your vocation, what, what you do in life? How has what he's done in you on these trips changed you? So um, my wife and I, after we got married, we, we said, hey, we want to be willing to do whatever. Uh, kind of like the song was singing earlier. Hey, we're, we're, o we're open. We're willing to do whatever. And we felt really strange about this for a long time because we've been called to a classroom, which didn't feel like what we were like hoping whatever would be later on. <laughs> Even though we love our jobs, we love being here, uh, but we didn't, really, we didn't really understand that. So we are um, super thankful that God has called us to that in this season. Um, but recently we've gone on quite a, we've gone on a few trips and um, I guess the, the willingness just to say, okay, uh, we're gonna go has really kind of opened up this idea uh, of re-envisioning that for us, uh, re-envisioning what God's call on our life is in this space, 
um, that we're in now in this season, but then also opening our eyes to it could look totally different six months from now. It could look totally different three years from now. Um, and so, um, and, th- and the exciting part for us, I think, in this is that, um, so we went on a, a trip with our kids over spring break to Tijuana, and then, um, you know, after summer, we had a talk with our kids, like, hey, what, what was the best thing that you've done, or what was the best thing for th- over the summer that you did? And our kids talked about Tijuana the whole time, <laughs> right? We lived in a very uncomfortable, tiny little room, uh, they did not understand the water from the sink thing, how you don't do that. Like, like we had to convince them of that over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, like, we're not, we're not brushing our teeth in that way. Th- like, it, it was different. Like, we had to take our uh, son to get chicken nuggets almost every night because he, he did not agree with the food. The food was amazing. He did not agree <laughs> with the food. Um, those types of things. So we lived in this really uncomfortable situation, but that's what our kids wanted. Like, they were mad that we left. They're like, oh, we want to go back, you know? And then, so we even went to the beach in Florida this summer, and we're like, what was the best thing? They're like, Tijuana. <laughs> like, like, the freezing cold, like, walks in the rain to and from our hotel uh, and stuff like that. They, that's what they wanted. They wanted to go back on, on the streets. They wanted to go do those things. So it's kind of re-envisioned our, what, what we look at doing in the summer. Um, like we've always said, hey, we want a family vacation. We're re-envisioning what that family vacation is, uh, or maybe what, w- how much money is going towards our family vacation versus how much we're spending on a mission trip or something that to envision our kids in the future for for God's call on their life in that way. Um, and and honestly, like saying yes to the short-term trips, like has really just opened our eyes to to something that's new that we didn't think of before. Um, so. So I would say that is definitely marked us in this season right now. Um, for me, going on trips has just like changed in like the trajectory of what I want to do. And so it started um, before high school, went on a trip and was the Lord just marked my heart and just again like gave me a love for his people. Um, And so I decided to start studying Arabic in high school. And so with that, with the purpose of one day, whenever that day is, I, like, want to go to the Middle East. So I started that journey in high school, and um, my youth group would pray for the nations, and I would just be, like, in tears, like, praying for the Middle East because I was like, Lord, like, right now I know that you're doing something and, like, preparing me now for, like, something in the future. Um, And so just, like, by going um, on mission trips at an early age, like the Lord just like marked my heart. And then when I was deciding where to come to college, um, I knew at some point I wanted to have missions to be a part of what I did like long term. Um, and so it was just like praying and asking the Lord like what that looked like and just led me to study business, um, specifically to study accounting, um, because like that opens doors in countries where um, I might not be able to go unless I had that degree. And so even like in being in college, it has been like a surrender to the Lord of like, Lord, like I want to go. Um, and like that's why I've like gone during the summers, but like has been a surrender of like, hey, I know that what I'm learning now, studying, majoring in Arabic, majoring in accounting, like going to grad school, I know that that's like preparing me for what you have in the future, whatever that looks like. Um, and so I just feel like the Lord has used like these short-term trips just to remind me of the purposes of like what I'm doing like now in this season. Um, and also he's like done a lot in like as people have shared like he does way more than we expect him to. Um, but those trips have just like reminded me of like what the Lord has like asked of me. Um, and so yeah, just really the purpose of behind like what I'm studying, what I'm going into um, is like for missions. And so the Lord has just used trips to remind me of that and place that 
calling on my heart? Um, learn a language. <laughs> it's just, it's so good. It's so helpful for your mind, for your heart, for your soul. I'm so, so passionate about it. Um, but I think for me, the biggest thing has been a perspective shift and um, just kind of this idea that the Lord is already in the nations and he's already moving and he will move. Like it's in scripture that like the end will come, right? Like at some point everyone will know. And so it's just the question of do I want to be a part of it? Um, and I would, like I would, I don't want to miss out on what the Lord is doing. Um, and so I just want to say yes to the invitation to like see crazy things, to see people encounter God, to see lives transformed. Like I would rather see it and be in the thick of it than not. And it's going to happen regardless because the spirit of God is powerful and is going to move. Um, so I would just rather be in the thick of it. I want to read a passage from Jeremiah 1, 4 through something. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, ah, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And so we are adopted sons and daughters of the Most High King. And so we can receive that blessing from God. We can take that and say, okay, it doesn't matter how long I've known God, how long I've been walking with him, I have a commissioning upon my heart. I have a calling. That's so good. All right, we're going to close with um, any last words that you want to share. Not all of you have to share. If you don't want to, just pass the mic. Um, but would love to hear any last words that you'd have um, for us in the room to uh, just to stir us up for the nations and, and going and obeying. Absolutely. Um, First off, God's going to open those doors. Like, he's going he's gonna to make it very evident, very real to you. Um, it may not feel comfortable, but he's going to call you to it. Uh, he's going he's gonna to put it on your mind a lot um, if it's something he wants you to do. Um, my wife and I took a class, uh, Perspectives in the World Christian Movement, a while back. They talked about five, the five arms of missions, okay? So three of them, you'll be like, yeah, I totally get that. Two of them, you'll be like, oh, that's new. Uh, so uh, praying, one, obviously. Um, going, got to go. And supporting and giving. So those are the three that we hear over and over and that are on the forefront. There's two more um, that are out there. One is welcoming. Um, the nations are here now. Um, they're in this region, especially if you live in Bentonville or Fayetteville. But they're here, okay? They're, they're, they're everywhere. Um, college kids, your campus, chock full of the nations. When God calls you to the nations, he's calling you to maybe go to somebody that doesn't look just like you on campus and saying, hi, how are you? What's your name? You know, whatever that may be. So, so welcoming is a big part of that. And then the last one is mobilizing. Um, and it, that's, that's like uh, equipping to go. Um, being a part of things like World Mandate, which we just got done with, um, is equipping people to go to the nations and be a part of that. Um, 
So just real quick, I've always separated those out. After I heard that, I kind of separated them out. And I'm like, all right, in this season, I'm going to do this, you know? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a lot. I don't have the finances to go or to, uh, well, I don't have the finances to go or to send, but I'm going to pray a whole lot. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll mobilize um, and stuff. But, but God's call is not to do one of those things. It's to be a part of all of them. Um, and so, so whenever you think about, like, whatever season you're in, you might not be going right now, but you, you need to have the mindset of God's call is to go. Like, at some point, go experience that. And, and also, like, I, I think back to, like, welcoming or equi- uh, equipping people to go and mobilizing. Like, you will understand so much better how to mobilize people, how to pray for people who are going when you've experienced that before. Um, so, so as you think about all the ways to be involved in missions, um, just, just realize that, that you're called to all of them, okay? It might be in different seasons and different times, but you're called to every, every one of them. Um, God doesn't say, hey, you know, if you have the funds, then you should give. No, he says, hey, give. Um, and he, he even, the ones that don't have the funds, he, he takes those gifts even greater. Um, so, uh, college kids, that, that's like a dollar, you know, <laughs> like, like give, give something. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to, to pour that out because I, I was one of those people that separated those out and was like, Hey, I'm just going to do this, you know? And, and then it's been really a lot recently that I've been like, okay, God, you're, you're calling us to every single one of those things, not just to one or two, um, but all of us to all of them. So, yeah, that's my last call. Oh, and also uh, one thing, and I know a few of us up here are, are a part of this, Acts of Mercy is a great avenue to do this through. Um, it, is, it, is, uh, it is an arm of Antioch um, that it goes to places that are in desperate need of help in that moment. So they go to natural disasters, disaster relief, emergency, people rebuilding uh, what they have, like Turkey, um, Ukraine, things like that. Um, and they're doing a training right now um, that ends at the end of, the end of November. Um, and it's eight-hour training. It's super easy. But it, it, they also will equip you with what you might want to know more about um, as you think about going. And then also, like, they, they send you, hey, here's what's going on in the world from people on boots on the ground from our church, big church, Antioch. And, and I think that's super important for us to see versus, hey, here's some news about Israel. Hey, here's, here's a family that's in Israel, and here's what they're seeing. Um, and so that's really helpful, too. So Acts of Mercy is a great way to get involved. Um, I just want to specifically speak to, like, college students um, of, like, this is the time to go. Like, you're, you're set up to, like, have your summer off, and there's so many ways that you can use and, like, what you can do with your summer, but, like, this is the time to go, and, like, I think for me, like, I saw my parents model, like, taking our family of five and going, and so I'm, like, oh, it's easy, like, I can go by myself, like, that's so much easier, but it's, like, this is the time, like, it's just gonna get harder, and you're gonna start working full-time, you just, there's gonna be more and more excuses, but just, like, if you're, like, in college or um, a young adult, like, this is the time to go, and so I've just, like, seen the Lord, like, just, like, honor that yes and, like, show up in so many ways. And so we just encourage y'all to, like, really just, like, pray about it as you're thinking about your summer. I know it's, like, October, almost November, but people are already talking about it. So, like, just, like, give the Lord your summer and ask him um, because it just, like, gets harder and, like, you can make it happen. But use this time, these years in college to, like, go um, to the nations. I think for me, my final words are, it's okay if you don't know what to say. 
And in fact, it's probably better that you don't know what to say <laughs> because that's where Holy Spirit loves to come in. And um, I think something that I learned being overseas is that in a moment of need, he won't leave me high and dry. Uh, like when there's a woman in front of me and she needs to hear something, but I don't know what it is, like God's not going to be silent in that moment. Like he will, he will give you the words to say. And so if a nervousness in your mind is like, but I don't, like, I don't even know, like, what would I say? How do I do this? That's great. Like, that's awesome. Because, <laughs> like, that's where God loves to come and, and speak. Yeah. So why, I think for me, it's like, why, why are we doing this? So I just want to lead us in a little exercise. Let's just all close, close our eyes right now. Just all close our eyes. And I'm going to read a passage in Revelation. Revelation 7, verses 9 through 12. And I want you to just begin picturing the throne room of God in heaven. Just see his glory, see the sea of crystal, see all the angels, the 24 elders surrounding the throne, casting their crowns, and then vision this. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their face before the throne and worshiped God, saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might to be our God forever and ever. And, and that, that mighty God that, that you see right now that's before you, the glory of the Lord, the perfection of him came to dwell as a baby among us, that he came as a child, and that he lived in this world, an imperfect world where there was pain and there was hunger and where people were fighting one another, that the people that he created were fighting one another that they, his closest friends, that they betrayed him, that one of his close friends actually turned him in and that they put him on a cross and he suffocated to death, but he loved us so much. And that God of glory loved us so much that he says to, to his disciples when, when he had risen again, he said, go, go therefore, make disciples, teaching them to obey that all that I've commanded, and I will be with you. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Well, that's all we've got for you guys for the panel this morning, but hopefully that was inspiring and encouraging to you just to get to hear uh, real stories from real people about the nations and going, and hopefully it feels um, like something that we can all partake in. Um, because we, we really do believe in the Great Commission. We really do believe that it is for every single one of us. And so hopefully it's help you if you had a hump that you needed to get over. This helped you to get over the hump of, of seeing it as something that you can take part in, that you can do. Um, but with that, I'm just going to pray over us really fast, and then I'm going to invite Mitchell up, and he's going to share some closing stuff with us. So thank you, Jesus, uh, for this morning. Thank you. For the nations, thank you for uh, just showing us through these stories and testimonies 
for showing us your heart again for the nations of the earth. Thank you for the great commission that you left us with and, um, and that you're with us in. And God, I ask that you would continue to stir us, that you wouldn't let us be a stagnant people uh, just focused on here, but we would be a people whose eyes are fixed on you, that our heart would burn for the things that your heart burned for. Um, and so, God, would you help this be a church that as, as you look at, you would say, man, this church has my heart for the nations of the earth and for all people knowing, um, because that's your desire, that all would know, that none would perish, uh, all would come to eternal life. And so, God, would you help us to partner with you in that to see your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth, God, and in, in northwest Arkansas, but also in the nations, every nation across the earth. So I ask that you would mark us and you would continue to mark us for that purpose. Praise in your name. Amen.